Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heiza, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude follows suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge, and put myself back into a financial position of power. And I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now, I wanna help you master your money. All right. Welcome to Master Your Money. Today, we are here with my colleague, Dan Flynn. Dan is the Chief Revenue Officer here at Barnum Financial Group. And I've known Dan for a very long time throughout both of our careers for various projects that we had to work on together. But I've always known Dan and loved Dan and couldn't be more thrilled when he joined the firm. Um, Dan and I were talking one day in my office and Dan was just giving me so much perspective on his journey with financial advisors and how he's been with the same advisors, the same financial advisor and advisor team almost his whole life. And I said, you know what? This is just fabulous information that our Master Your Money listeners would just love. So today we're actually flipping the script a little bit and we are going to talk from the client's perspective, Dan acting as our client, to tell us what the financial planning journey is like from their side. And I couldn't be more thrilled because it's not often that we get this type of perspective. So Dan, welcome, welcome. So thrilled to have you. Yeah, so happy to be here. That's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. And not to mention, you guys will hear this, but Dan is just an all out great guy. When you talk about quality people, uh, Dan is just one of them. Ton of amazing stories, so easy to be around and really amazing what he does professionally. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. I appreciate it. And uh, likewise, it's been great being a partner of yours, but to now be working together at Barnum, it's just a dream come true. It is. It is. So Dan, let's start. Talk to us about your, yourself, your background, you know, as a professional, but also as a, as a client. Yeah, sure. So I've been in the career, uh, been in financial services over 30 years now, which is crazy. And a um, number of different roles, different companies, primarily worked um, in larger organizations, kind of corporate uh, financial services firms with a national footprint. Uh, but it's really always been working with financial advisors. I've just had this affinity and connection to advisors and really, uh, I think, have gotten to understand uh, what makes them tick and really trying to help them at all times better serve their clients. And so it was interesting if I just think about my career came in uh, really in the investment space. And so a lot of about numbers and, you know, performance and kind of mm -hmm. all of that stuff is how I grew up in the business. Uh, but then really having the ability to connect with advisors and understand and appreciate what they do really gave me just a way different view of what this is all about. And a lot of, you know, individuals and family successes and businesses successes really are more about uh, emotion, behavior. Mm -hmm. It's not about markets, but about life events, right? I mean, all of those things. And so 
again, as you said, it's been an, I've had a, a, a pretty fun, um, sometimes tumultuous journey in my <laughs> career, taking me to different companies in different states. And I've really just grown to appreciate having someone who knows me, knows my family, knows my goals, my yes. values, who can, you know, be a sounding board. So that's really been my journey. It's been always in this business, but, you know, I really feel like I've been able to, you know, not just sit as a, you know, corporate person, but really sit in the client seat. And it's really helped me in my profession tremendously as well. I would imagine. So tell us, when did you first start working with a financial advisor on your finances? I was right about to get married. You know, I was in this business and we, uh, the firm I was in, financial planning uh, and being more holistic with clients. I feel like just even overall, we've seen this in my time in the industry, kind of this evolution from we sell things to we help advise clients, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's really been um, from the time I came into the, to the business. Uh, and so we were at a place where, you know, financial planning was um, a key strategy, a focus. I was playing a role there. And so, you know, again, get, uh, uh, getting ready to get married. It's like, you know what, this is a really good time for me to go through this, see it from a career perspective. It was mm -hmm. going to help me with the work I was doing. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm about to kind of embark on, you know, marriage and family and everything else, becoming an adult, I guess, and uh, <laughs> thought it would make sense. So, uh, you know, I, I had an advisor that I worked closely with that I had a lot of respect for, sure. uh, felt a, you know, trust and connection to, and um, who had, you know, had a really strong team around him and uh, just jumped in. And so really started that process and, um, you know, went through and really, you know, experienced going through and doing a plan with my wife as my partner through that, or my soon to be wife as my partner through that. Sure. So without sharing too, too many details, what stage of your career were you in at that point? Had you been working for a number of years? Yeah, I was probably, um, you know, midpoint of my career. I was a little mm -hmm. bit, got married a little bit later in life. It was maybe like 10 years and, you know, so kind of not entry level, right. But kind of mid yeah. midpoint in my career. Um, and so, you know, I guess it was making a little bit of money, but I wasn't like, you know, sure. rolling in dough by any stretch. Sure, sure, sure. And so it sounds like the motivator was more this, this work, this professional project you were working on. And you said, Hey, I can serve better if I go through the process myself. Yeah, I have to, I wish I would say it was my, you know, uh, disciplined foresight, That's but, okay. but, but no, it was circumstances That's normal. And, and it was, I said, you know, let me, um, uh, the best way to experience it and be able to add value was to, you know, to go through it. And so, yeah, I, I kind of raised my hand. So let me see what this is all about. As others were trying to figure it out, figure out where it fit, you know, I said, you know, what better way to experience this than through a client seat so that sure. we can best, you know, position ourselves to serve clients in the best way. After you, you know, volunteered to do that, was there any part of you that was like, oh, this is, do I regret this? I'm only going to tell him half truths, right? I know this guy, we work together. Did any of that ever come up? Yeah, it was daunting. No question. I mean, I, it, th that was one of the biggest things I took away is, you know, this is hard work, right? And again, it's way more than just kind of numbers and performance. Mm -hmm. If I'm really going to extract value as a client, it required me to do a couple of things that frankly were not fun or uh, comfortable. Mm. Um, one you were alluding to there, which is being vulnerable, mm -hmm. right? I don't know that I was necessarily um, 
at that point in my life too proud of, you know, my spending habits and Mm -hmm. how much I've saved. You know what I mean? It's like you start reflecting back, oh man, I should have put more money away. Maybe I shouldn't be spending this on this. Yeah. And, And even more so, you know, I'm about to get married and I don't know that, and my wife was actually in this business too. We never really talked about money mm-hmm. and what it meant for the two of us and where we're so that whole piece about being vulnerable um was really important um and then the second one that i remember was just daunting was you know it's almost like just the self-reflection aspect but the work behind that like i didn't even like what am i spending money on am i saving the right things like just doing a little bit of that you know self-inventory but from a financial perspective um, I'll be honest, if I wasn't working with someone who held me accountable, like I would not have gotten no. from point A to point B, right. In terms of really inventorying and having a, like, what's my, how do I know where I'm heading? If I don't know where I am today, that's mm-hmm. the way I would think about it. Um, and that definitely took a little bit of work and certainly took, um, some counseling and, and accountability to, to do that. Yes. Well, bravo for making your way for making your way through that. So what was the introduction to financial planning that your advisor gave you? Yeah, I was, you know, again, you have, you come into anything in life with certain expectations or perceptions and um, it was completely different. You know, I just remember sitting in that conference room. (laughs) Different than what you, like the story. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, again, it's, you just think of our business, right? A lot of it is just math and numbers and spreadsheets and things. And, you know, the first meeting, it was just questions, you know, and like, Hey, what's (laughs) important to you guys? And, and I was just like, huh, this is really just, again, a little uncomfortable. The fact that there was, you know, some trust there was, was important. Um, Could you answer the questions? Did you know the answer? No, I was like one of those, like you're sitting in the room with someone and you feel like you should know the answer and you're trying to look at each other to compare <laughs> notes as you try to <laughs> as answer. As you're the, listening. Yeah, like, is that right? Does that sound right? Are we still getting, <laughs> almost, are we still getting married? Yes, uh, it's almost a version of the dating game. Yes, for sure. So yes, we, it was, as I said, we were not rehearsed, but that was the value, right? It was a safe space to talk through some of those things. And again, the person who facilitated was that expert who knew, you know, what questions to ask and, you know, how to take us down a a good path to, and the term that I got to that, you know, if nothing else, walking out of that experience, being aligned with my wife or future wife on money, what we want, what we want for our family, what we want for our futures, like uh, that was tremendously valuable. Right. And then I don't know how or when that would have kind of, you know, Come up we would have gotten to that place. Right. Yeah. And so to have that established, you know, again, it's like having your destination, like, okay, we know where we want to go. Now everything can kind of, you know, happen over time that helps us plot that course and frankly deal with the curveballs that that life are going to throw at us. Yep. But you know, where you, you both are agree on the destination. hundred percent. I mean, that's, you know, Thankfully, I guess, right? I walked out of there going, man, yeah, this is good. I'm marrying the right person, yeah. right? Like we're, we're in good shape. <laughs> How long did you meet with the advisor before you got married? Funny, I don't really remember the exact timeline, but it was right then. And and by the way, this wasn't like one meeting yes. and everything was solved, right? I mean, this was a process. So my guess is it probably all rolled into kind of pre getting married and then post getting married, you know, and then on from there, having children, all those things, right? 
Did you have, you know, you mentioned you didn't expect kind of so many questions, so many qualitative questions, not money related questions. Um, did you expect your financial advisor to be so skilled in asking those questions and listening, you know, knowing because you have worked with financial advisors for so long? Yeah, I mean, I guess, um, you know, I did know him, so I knew his demeanor, mm -hmm. right, as a caring person and, you know, someone who would show up in that way. But again, it was more of the, experience itself that felt so different than what I expected and rich. Yes. Is what comes to mind. Yes. And even though it was uncomfortable, right, there were moments that you were uncomfortable. I would imagine you still felt safe. Tremendously safe. Which yeah. is what you should feel. No question. And I also felt like, um, again, even back to it being a process and a journey. And even to this day, you know, I, I feel like it's a, it's a very healthy balance of you know, being pushed, gently pushed, but, but also, you know, being in control of kind of the pace and where and when we head yes. uh, to places, right? Yes. I, I, that, that to me was, again, if I think back on it, you know, it wasn't like you're failing, you know, yes. because you didn't get this to me by Tuesday, right? Yes. It was a caring shepherded process that we went through. And I would imagine free of judgment, like, well, Dan, you should be here. Or most people, you know, around your age and around your income level are here. So I think that is such a huge point without question. And it's, I forget what I was watching or seeing. It's like people that are in those seats, you know, they've seen it all, right? Yes. Whether it's doctors or lawyers yes. or whatever. And I think whomever's on the other side of the table as the client, if you will, has all this, you know, fear, anxiety around where they are versus others, right? Even way more so now with social media, right? Like you think everybody's got all of their act together, right? And it's not even close. Not and even so close. I think, again, that was the back to that balance of recognizing there were things that were being done well, and there were other things that we could do to put us in a better position, right? And again, to this day, it's still a continued work in progress. Um, and I think that's what really made it continuous is that ability for it not to be judged or graded or even benchmarked against anybody else. It's more, how do we be the best version of ourselves and continue to make progress to where we want to go? I love that. And even though you know all of this, right, you know this because you've been teaching financial advisors how to implement these strategies, but as a client, you, you know it, but you still feel it you still can't help but internalize, internally benchmark yourself. Yeah, no, no question. But it's, you know, whatever it is, any, you know, to put the growth mindset mm -hmm. uh, topic, right? Mm -hmm. it, anything you're going to do is going to require you to be a little bit uncomfortable if yes. you're going to grow and get better. And yeah. so I think this is that, you know, same experience where it's the vulnerability, but then it's the vulnerability leading to good outcomes. And then- repeat and then yep. repeat and then repeat, yes. right? That's been my experience in this and finding the right person. I, and this, I think that's why maybe more people don't work with advisors, right? Is kind of that self-anxiety or concern about being judged. 
and, you know, misconception of what the objective, the process, right, whatever that may be to really go, yeah, they're, everyone's in the same boat here, Absolutely. right? Nobody's, you know, or, or this profession wouldn't exist if everybody could figure this out on their own. Yes. We, we know that it's a very difficult road to go through alone. You mentioned it and you said it beautifully that the advisor is a, a nice gentle push and you're still working with that same advisor today. Correct. So how many years later? So many years later. Uh, 17, 18. Beautiful. So so tell us about how emotions and procrastination can can get in the way of this of, of your long-term goals on this long-term journey, right? After 17 years, you have to be comfortable with this person. You have to trust him and, and the team. But still, do these things pop up for you? Yeah, for sure. It's always, you know, and I think those are the two things that um I think you hit the nail on the head that two things that get in the way of um, success, whatever everyone's individual definition of that is. And so I think one example that's, you know, an easy one, when I think of procrastination of like, hey, you now have had children, you need to get, you know, wills and trusts and, you know, mm -hmm. all those things, right? That as new parents, you're just not looking to even contemplate. Mm -hmm. And so- you know, part of, I think the skill and the advisor is also creating a sense of urgency when it's warranted. Yes. Right. Yes. And so, you know, it's easy to put those things off that we don't want to address. And as always, life gets in the way. So yes. to me, that procrastination component, um, there's, you know, certainly an emotional element of avoidance of some tough subjects. But again, I think it's back to that having an ongoing relationship and even just check-ins, like, how are things going? Like, oh man, I know I got to get to that. Right. And it just like anything else in life, if you got someone who can be a, a caring accountability partner, that's value, not, you know, not negative. Yes. And realizing that you are in a relationship with your advisor and your advisor team. So each of you has responsibilities, mutual responsibilities, and they can only help you if you help yourself. Yeah. And, and I think like with any other valuable relationship or partnership, the open and transparent communication is crucial, right? I mean, along that path, I think, you know, there's times where both of us had to, you know, maybe have some open discussions. I don't, nothing specific comes to mind, but I remember that uh -huh. where it's like, oh, hey, I didn't like how this went mm -hmm. or him saying, hey, you know, you got to do more, whatever it may mm -hmm. be, right? I think that's where, again, there's this with clients and advisors or this maybe intimidation of like, you know, but it's got to be a harmonious two-way street, I think, for it to be effective. Yes. And you you said it before that you always felt safe and that you feel like it's harmonious. You feel like there's a mutual respect. That's how the relationship should be. and you you know, whether you, you lucked out or you're really good during the interview process, who knows? I want to get to that in a second, but you were fortunate to have the same advisor and advisor team for this many years. If some people are not feeling this, if some people are listening and saying, Oh geez, I don't feel safe. I feel like I'm hiding information. I feel like I'm hiding details. I, I feel a little nervous if I need to talk to my advisor. What, what do you think they should do? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, Obviously, I'm in this business, right? And I was surrounded by advisors all day, every day. So much easier for me to just naturally, organically find someone who is a good fit for sure. But if I move into maybe other parts of my life, whatever it might be, you could think of a, you know, trainer at the gym or a therapist or anyone else, uh -huh. right? Service Sometimes you have to meet, you know, you got to meet multiple people to find the right fit. Yes. And so 
I think for anyone who's either gone down the path and it didn't work out or is embarking on it, I think some of those things like with anything else is, okay, what's important to me? Yes. The more you can know that going in, you know, what's Great my fun. style? What am I good at? What am I not good at? What am I going to, what are my values? And is this person aligned to my values? Yes. And I think it's, you know, it's fair to, not fair. I think it's very important to go into that engagement proactively assessing if this person is a fit. Yes. And if they're not, then find someone else. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of advisors out there and they're not all going to be a fit for each person, right? Yes. It's about finding if you're going to have that longevity and that trust and be able to be vulnerable, you know, you've got to find someone that you connect with. Um, and if not, it's fine to move to someone else, yes. right? Yes, exactly. And you you just said it, that maybe going into the relationship kind of like interview style or, or dating style, right? Maybe a little skeptical and and knowing what your um knowing what your priorities are. Yeah. And I think too too of I don't know about you, but a lot of times as I'm thinking about this, you know, I find many of those people in my life through referrals from people that mm -hmm. I know and trust and that know me. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's Fair. always a good way too. That's great. Um and I think sometimes I don't know, maybe it's financial is a little bit taboo because people don't like talking about it as much as maybe, you know, where they get their hair done or something mm -hmm. else. Right. But mm -hmm. I, but I think that's a path to really explore of putting that out there to people that care about you and vice versa, because chances are one of them has someone that's at least worth talking to, right. And can make an introduction and it's not, you know, this kind of cold, just, you know, kiss as many frogs, so to speak. Yes. But I love it. Go in interview style and, and realize that that you as the client, it's more important that you are comfortable and that you can be vulnerable and be truthful with this person. Exactly. And if you don't have that relationship with your current advisor, it's time to move on. Exactly. Yep. And they'll understand that, but you were very fortunate. So 17 years with the same advisor team is phenomenal. Tell us what, what you looked for or what kind of stuck out to you. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it was at the time it was, um, you know, finding kind of more of the natural style fit, you know, feeling like I could be open and transparent and um, have open dialogue. I think there's also, you know, clearly there's an aspect of any profession, but certainly this one where competence is crucial. Right. So I think inspecting for competence. And so that was something I was clear on and was demonstrated to me that this person was competent. They were also surrounded by other competent people, right? They, as you referenced a few times, they, they worked in a team, they had some additional kind of experts they worked with or partnered with, right? So that was important to me as well. Can you talk more about that? What do you, what do you define as competent? What did you look for as competent? Well, I mean, I think number one, foundationally in this business, right? There's certain designations that um, advisors have to uh, work hard to obtain as well as maintain just have a standard of uh, expertise that's required. Um, so I think that goes a, a very long way. I think the other thing too, is just looking at who they're affiliated with. You know, we've got advisors that'll have strategic partnerships with certain other professionals. I think that's a um, kind of demonstration of their commitment to their clients. And, you know, chances are if they're working with other, you know, successful and um, expert professionals, right, they're going to be held to that standard as well. So I think those were some of the things. And again, obviously, 
back to the referrals, right? Mm-hmm. If you can kind of get a gauge of that. But to me, those are the things to look for. There are, you know, for clients out there too, there's also ways to actually look and make sure the advisors um, uh, has kind of a clean track record, if oh, you will, right. in terms yeah. of customer complaints, things like that. So yeah. there are resources. Uh, if you go in and do your research on, on a prospective advisor that you can pull up those things. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, what about... I know you started working with an advisor, you know, not, not too, too young. We had a guest on who started in her, in her twenties, but you did start when you were on the younger side, um, you know, just starting adult adulting, (laughs) as you had mentioned, you know, debunking that myth that you need to have huge sums of money to be working with a financial advisor as someone, again, who's worked on both sides. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's it's uh, so far from the truth. And I think about just, again, that combination of having ongoing conversations. And as we've referenced here, as life events happen, you know, having someone who's going to think about things that don't even cross your mind. And it's not about, you know, people look at this profession, it's like, oh, managing money, right? And there's so much more to this, as you know. And I think of one example when we were having children and my wife um, and I actually had worked together at one point, but um, when we were having children, she was staying home. And um, so we're having children and we're, you know, talking to our advisor about that and um, um, thinking about, okay, well, life insurance becomes more important when you're going to have children. Right. But at the time my wife didn't have income, so it didn't even cross my mind, but I remember vividly my advisor saying, you know, God forbid your wife pass away and you have two young boys, what are you going to want to do? I'm like, man, I'm certainly not going to want to be sweating about paying bills. Yes. You're not going to have to. Right. And it's like, okay, life insurance on my wife. That's a no brainer. I never in a million years being in this business at the time for whatever, 15 years, would have never thought about that. Right. So I, I just think of those life events that occur and having someone who's got that outside perspective Um, and you know, that's a financial one, as you know, I relocated for work a couple of times. Right. And so having, you know, this person as a sounding board, changing jobs, coming here. Right. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times it's just, again, that familiarity with who we are, our values, our goals. And then when these important life events or decisions come up, you know, having that person who can kind of be a counselor in those moments. Right. And certainly you know, taking, wearing the financial hat, but it certainly has gone much broader than that for me. So using your financial advisor, again, for more than just the annual plan or or meeting every other year or so to review your plan, seems like you called him when you have, when you had to make a life decision of some sort. Yeah, for sure. It was, you know, certainly one of the earlier calls I made and just like, okay, I got this opportunity, you know, need to talk it through. And again, brought just, you know, way broader than perspective than, you know, how my portfolio may look or, you know, what my 401k choices might be, right? It was a totally, you know, and by the way, I mean, I think we had conversations um, and helped me think through and get alignment to um, those important things and decisions and considerations and then the other things were afterthoughts, right? It's like, okay, we'll take care of that. That that became more, you know, administrative steps of, you know, 
kind of my money, my benefits, right? Mm. Those things were things that we could easily take care of, frankly, through email or something else, right? I wasn't in this, am I getting, you know, is is something being sold and bought or whatever? It was, it was make the right decision. And then, you know, the other things are pretty clear what to do next. Well, I think that's because in the beginning you mentioned because of how often you spoke that he pushed a little, but that you were always leading. So it seems like as a consumer, you always had a sense of control, which I think is what every consumer wants. Nobody wants to feel pushed or sold. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And and I think even, you know, I say this all the time to um, advisors and frankly, everyone in our industry, I think we're, we're, as I said earlier, kind of on this journey of thinking of this moving from selling things to consulting and education, right? I think as a consumer, at least for me, way different than, you know, dating myself here, right? Pre-internet days and other things where <laughs> like, take me on a journey to collaborate on a good decision, right? Don't kind of force something on me. And so I think that's to me, any good experiences where it's co-created, collaborative, informative, and then you're doing it with confidence, which is huge. Well, and you just said all the the right words, co-creation, collaboration. Um, You did your part as a client. And I think, you know, we always talk about the relationship between an advisor and a client and a client has responsibilities there as well. So you seem like the model client because you are keeping your advisor up to date with these big decisions versus a client that may not make that call to say, hey, I relocated, I started a new job, all these changes happened. You know, maybe they only make that call every couple of years or when the advisor could finally get in touch with you. And then after a few years goes by, maybe there are things you have to do or the advisor is strongly recommending things. And now maybe you do feel a little bit sold or a little bit pushed. Um, But that's maybe because there was such a gap in time. Yeah. And I do think it comes back to probably an easy question is, is your advisor aware of your goals? Mm -hmm. And if the answer that's no, then... uh, Either it's the wrong advisor, you as a client haven't opened yourself up enough, Mm -hmm. haven't created the time, haven't initiated, right? Whatever it may be, different circumstances. Or they change. Like you said, collaboration and co-creation. Right. A goal that you have today can be so different than a goal you have in six months or in a year or when the kids get older. That's just human nature and that's fair. But not picking up the phone to tell your advisor, hey- this is now important to me. What adjustments do we have to make? Yeah, I think that's the key thing is, again, it should be, you know, it should be two-way communication, proactive on both parties, right? And um, again, having that expectation that um, there's joint accountability and everyone's rowing in the same direction to help you know, the client achieve what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. You should always get the feeling that your advisor is on your side, just like your doctor, just like any service provider. You should get a really good feeling when you pick up that phone to call that person. If you don't, that's a sign that it's probably time for a change. Yeah. And one thing I think about too, I mentioned as you have, you know, this advisor being part of a team, many advisors are, some aren't, but I think it's also um, a lot of advisors will have these strategic partnerships. So sometimes the client may not bring things to them because they don't see them through the light in terms of what their expertise is, right? Maybe they've only worked with them on, you know, or their their entree was, 
you know, they had a 401k to roll over or their entree was they had a child and they had to buy insurance. Right. And so I think that's also how some of these become more um, siloed in terms of how they view their advisor, because it's how they got introduced. That's true. Right. So I think really understanding, you know, what are their breadth of services? And ideally, my recommendation is at least have someone, they don't have to be the expert in everything, right? They don't even have to do it under their own umbrella, but find the person that you're going to trust and open up to, and then allow them to be a resource to you to introduce you to the right experts as these life events happen, right? But having someone who's aware of your goals, who you have this open dialogue with, who you allow to push you, Mm -hmm. right? And, And vice versa, you know, and then let them be a resource broker, as you know, your needs don't assume they can't help you because they're not in that space. Because they don't know. Yep. Educate yourself on what it is that they can do. Dan, what else do our listeners need to know before we close up? If you could give our listeners one piece of advice that helped you along your journey with working with an advisor, what would it be? Yeah, I think, I think I would, number one, I would encourage everyone, right? I mean, this is such a My parents are getting older, you know, they're in kind of this long-term care phase. And I'm just looking at the idea of having some assets through a different lens of what Mm -hmm. it could do for families and, you know, whatever stage you're in, right? It's just, you're living your moment. We're all busy. We don't think about how, you know, resources, money, those things can help you and help your family and help your loved ones down the road, whether it's someone gets disabled or, you know, death and can children stand. I mean, these are major things, right? And so I think just putting that no matter to your point where you are in your life, there is nothing that isn't better served if you plan ahead for it than if you deal with it when it happens, right? Period. And so I think just even for that reason, start as soon as you can go find someone that you can go on this journey like I described with Because over time, the more trust you build, that person's going to build more competence, right? You do that together so that when these meaningful moments happen, you're as prepared as possible. And and again, um, with financial services, especially regardless of the discipline, the more time you have, time is your, your friend in this, right? So the more you can get into planning mode and back to what we shared earlier, it's fine. Wherever you are is okay. Do not drop all judgment, right? The fact that you step forward and say, hey, I'm going to work on my fi- my finances and I want to plan for the future. You're like in the top quartile, yes. if not top 1% of people, right? Yes. So encourage everyone, go put yourself out there, put in the effort to go find someone that's an expert that cares about you, that will help you reach your goals. And there's no question that you will be in a better position for doing so. Oh, that's that's great. And you're 100% correct. Dan, it's been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your stories with us. This was a blast. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. 
Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.